Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Oh my goodness. Okay, y'all, today it's a special interview. It's a listener's choice. We have Fools in Love podcast hosted by Brandon and Megan, and we have them on the show today to talk about working with your spouse. Yes, because a lot of us are in that situation. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> yes, so say hi and a little bit about yourselves real quick. Yeah, so I mean, we, we basically, back in 2012 is... Well, about really, I'll go back even further. Back in 2003, when we were, I was 8, 17, we started dating. And then back in 2008, we got married and we were happily ever after. Or wait, we weren't happily ever after. <laughs> uh, I think it's always important to note that. Um, and I always start out that way because with this world of social media, we can kind of get it, get it twisted on how things are. And so I know we're the Fools in Love podcast, but you know, we, we only became that because of the struggles we went through. So back in 2012, we actually got to a place where our relationship essentially almost ended. Uh, we just, we were having conflict. We didn't know how to communicate. We have ignored issues for a long time. And, you know, we basically got to a place where Megan came to me and was like, I- I'm kind of done. I mean, that's just the reality of where, where we were at. And so from there is where we really started our journey of kind of analyzing ourselves, taking an inner look at ourselves and each other and trying to kind of be, be better in all areas of our lives, just, you know, as a couple, but even as a couple being better individually so that we could show up better in all of our relationships. And so that was kind of the genesis of all of what the Fools in Love podcast uh, and all of what's behind it. And really what happened for us is we got to a breaking point. Even once we had gotten on the other side of our marriage struggles, we got to a breaking point where we just stood still. We weren't growing at all. And we were in a rut. And basically, we didn't know where to go. We knew it wasn't working, but we knew we weren't miserable either. And so it was kind of that struggle where it's like, do we just stay on the fence and remain comfortable and ultimately not that satisfied? Or did we push ourselves over into an area of discomfort and try to grow? And that's, that's, where we, that's where we started this whole thing. So, And I'll give you the boring stuff. Uh, we have two kids. They are six and our two-year-old turns three next week. So six and almost three. Uh, girl and boy. So we got the best of both worlds. <laughs> we've been married 112 years. No, we've been married 11 years. <laughs> that's awesome. It feels like we, Exactly, exactly. Some days it does. But we live in Cary, North Carolina. We've worked together for eight years. Um, Then we also have worked together on a blog for a couple of years and our podcast for, what is it now? 
little over, a little over, a little a year. over a year now. So we're just kind of doing all the things together. So we're excited to be here and talk about working together because clearly we've been doing it for a minute. Things that I love about you guys, y'all are willing to be vulnerable. We're big on vulnerability. So I love that you already have a roadmap. You know what got you from A to B. Y'all didn't want to stay stuck and you're not afraid to tell people how you did it. I think a lot of times people won't say anything and no. won't talk about issues. And like you said, no one's growing. We're yeah. all stuck. And so I love that you're doing that. Our community is really big about growing, you know, professionally, but also on a personal level, individually and with, you know, their spouses and significant others. So thank you guys. So I oh, also, this whole, the whole COVID thing. So you guys are ready for it because y'all have already been working together for so long. So I think a lot of our listeners were just like, wait, me and my spouse are in the same house at the same time with all our kids. And we're both trying to do full-time jobs and also watch them and also teach them their classes. So clearly lots of things are happening in the household. So our, we want to focus on like, what did you, what works for you guys? How have y'all clearly y'all are doing it right because y'all are still together, still doing this, still growing and y'all are still, like your podcast is newish, so you're still only going up from here, which is awesome. Yeah. So take us back to have you guys always worked together? Like once you got married, have y'all have y'all worked together for like ever, or when did that start? Yeah, so we we didn't always work together. We we graduated uh, college in 2008, and then we moved right thereafter. We basically gra- I graduated college. We got married in the same week. And then a month later, we moved 20 hours away from where we always lived, which is in Michigan, to Dallas-Fort Worth area in Texas. And we stayed there for 14 months. And we worked a couple, I worked a few odd jobs. Uh, Megan worked a job that she was frankly miserable at. And so at the end of 14 months, Megan left her job. And then at that point, we moved to North Carolina, where we are now. I mean, we didn't move. We bolted, really. Oh, yeah. I we mean, we <laughs> ran. We ran and we never looked back. No offense, Dallas-Fort Worth, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so we ended up in North Carolina. And what originally led us here is uh, Megan's dad actually owned a healthcare company that he needed someone to manage. And he needed someone to come and basically learn the business. Now, when I say he needed someone to manage it, I don't mean he handed us the company and said, go manage it. It was far from that. We started at the very bottom, the bottom, bottom, bottom. And uh, originally, originally not at the same time. Yeah. So Megan started literally, you know, answering phones as the receptionist type job. And then she worked her way up. She worked here. She worked two years at the company And then I came aboard two years later and I started the same way. And so over time, we've kind of worked our way up, but that's what started it. It was just kind of like, we never planned on working together. It just was like a set of circumstances where I was coming out of teaching that I had doing and I was frankly miserable and just unhappy. And it just it was a struggle for me. And so like that, it just happened to be that this opportunity was there because they had a turnover of employees, people were leaving. And so I just did it. I was like, sure, why not? Why not do it? And not really knowing what we were getting into at the time. And we can get into that a little more, but like, that's kind of what led us to the place of doing it. Now it's been, you know, eight years and then continuing to, like you said, continuing to add more and more things. 
uh, and allowing people to believe we're crazier and crazier for doing it. So <laughs> love it. I don't think you're going to share the car. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as working together, whether it's in your dad's business or on the podcast, on the blog, what would you say some common struggles are when you're working so closely with your spouse? Because they're everywhere, everywhere you go. Oh, yeah. We struggle a lot with like our personalities clashing, I would say. It's not that we don't believe in the same goal. We have the same goal, obviously, in all three places. But how do we get there is totally dependent on our personality. And when one of us thinks that they know, they know. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so that's definitely been a really big struggle is how do you put, how do you get past your personality differences? Even when you're working on the same thing, how do you get past those and kind of come together and and remember the bigger purpose, the bigger goal here. So it's just like loading the dishwasher. There's, <laughs> there is a right way <laughs> doing, but, but at the end of the day, all the dishes get washed. So what's the big deal? I get it. Right. <laughs> as far as those struggles go, how, how did you overcome those? Or since y'all are still the same person, like your personality has not changed. So how do you constantly kind of recalibrate and go forward from there? Yeah, so a lot of the things that we realized in our relationship that we kind of carried into our business side of it is we both had a personality, like Meg mentioned, where we just wanted to win. Like, we just wanted to be right. And it was a small thing. We just wanted to be the person who could be right. But when you're running a company, you got to get to a place where you realize it's not about who's right. It's about attaining your Like, what are you setting out to do? And so one of the things that we had to do very early on and continue to have to do is defining our roles in the company. There are things that we have strengths at and there are things that we have weaknesses at, but in order to get to a place where you know you have those strengths and weaknesses, you gotta take an internal look and you gotta be honest with yourself and be vulnerable and look in the mirror and say, listen, I'm not perfect in this place. I'm not perfect in this avenue. I see your strengths as this. And then that person, it opens them up to be like, I can be honest and say, you know what? I appreciate you saying that. And I see your strengths here. And, it, and people have a way of looking at you way better than a lot of times you can look at yourself because you look at yourself. If you, if you all are anything like us, you're your own worst critic. So you look at your, a lot of your flaws and a lot of your insecurities and you think, you know, you don't know. So you got to unpack that and you got to figure out what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Because if you're sitting out there listening and say you don't have weaknesses, that's one of your weaknesses. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just is. And so once we got to a place where we we're like, okay, these are, our, these are our strong points. This is where we could use some work. And we defined roles of saying like, this is what your strengths are. And this is what you love to do as part of this company. So I'm going to air to your judgment here. This is, this is your, this is your ball. You take it, you go, you run with it. And with same thing with me, like if there's things that I have strength with, then I, then I can go and run with it. And now when conflict comes up and when things come up and when things come forth, where there might be an argument and we don't agree on it, we err to the judgment of whose, whose role is it? Because when you define those roles, then you can, you can say, well, you're right. This is really your avenue. You get the last word on it. Not that you can't give your opinion, because I think as a team, you've got to be able to build opinions. You've got to accept the opinions of others and take them and internalize them and process them. But ultimately, the final decision ends with the person who has that defined role. I like that you have mentioned having the team approach 
And it sounds like, you know, a well-oiled machine that you kind of have a process in place. Was there any like disagreement in particular that like really stretched you or helped get you to this point that you know, really put in perspective the importance of, you know, let's look at it at this role kind of approach? So like, I can tell the example of what- Yeah, go ahead. What, because it still comes up to this day. So I can bring up the example. I don't know that it's like a huge thing, but it's something that comes up a lot. And I honestly believe more often than not, when you're like working with your partner, when you're working with someone else, as you two do, it's usually the smaller things that kind of come up more often. And a lot of times we focus on the big things, but it's a lot of times can be a smaller thing. So for me, like I am the creative person of this company. I am the person who has a, a a vision of where I want it to go and how I want it to look and, and what I want it to be. And so like when I work on that and Megan knows that that's my strength. And so like when I work on that and I'm passionate about that and I want to share that with her, a lot of times she airs to my judgment to the point where I'm like, she just doesn't care. <laughs> she just doesn't care. And we've worked through that. And so I don't want to say we're still living that it still is a struggle though. But like a lot of times what made that happen is we kept having the same arguments and the same fights and the same things that came up. And really it came from a place where I was like, okay, does she not care? Or like, I've worked really hard on this. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, you can pick any topic like, okay, well, I've been working really hard on this website. And so I want you to look at this. I want you to tell me what you think of this. And she's like, it looks great. And I'm like, it works. It looks great. I've been working on it forever. Like, give me, I'm asking you because I want you to tell me. And so like, that is one of the struggles because you can, you can err too far to the side of being like, that's your role. And that's not on me or like, that's your role. Uh, but like, you still got to be able to give feedback and communicate and know that you're working toward that common goal. Like we were talking about. But don't worry guys, because I have totally been <laughs> trying and trying to do better and give him the time that he needs and the, the respect that he deserves to actually pay a little bit more attention to the things. Like for example, the other day, he came to me with some new logo designs for a website. And I mean, I think all six of them are great personally. <laughs> they're minor tweaks, right? They're he's so good at this, they're all. Yes, <laughs> they're essentially the same thing. And he's like, come on, we gotta decide. And I'm, I narrowed it down to three, I got rid of half. And I'm like, I really want you to, I really want you to tell me you know, like, which of these are your favorite? Because I don't really know. Like, I think, I think that these three are, are my favorites, but can we, can we talk about this? So I am getting more involved and I am trying to remember that when, when I say, I don't know, I like them all to still go further than that, because that's my gut reaction to say that, because I do think he's really talented, but just to give him that what he needs and, and keep going a little bit further and maybe give him more than 60 seconds. Yeah. Well, and heaven forbid you say, I like this one. And he's like, Oh, I really like <laughs> Yeah. And you're like, that's, that's fine. Why was that even an option? Then? <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah. of personal experience, not trying to put my feelings on y'all. But. Yeah. And as Meg was talking to another, another thing that really comes up and I, we touched on this a little bit, but the personality differences between us are like night and day. And so they say opposites attract. And I, I really believe yeah. it's true. And so like, there's ways where I compliment Meg and where she compliments me in the workplace and in our relationship. But like, we had to build strategies for that to happen. Like that just didn't happen yeah. by itself. Like just to give an example, like I'm the type of person who I get these big crazy ideas and then I just have to blurt them all out. Like I have to get them out of my mind in order to then 
unpack them, but I can't have them live there. And so like, if it comes to me in a moment, in the shower, on a run, whatever I'm doing, I have to come home and I need Meg's attention for that, you know, amount of time to unload every single thing, even if she's not ready for it. And so that's something that I had to work on because like her personality is she's a perfectionist. She very much wants to be like, she's regimented in what she does and wants to make sure. So like my personality being that, that way, we've both had to adjust and be like aware of how we're coming because it's not always that the other person didn't, the other person doesn't want to listen. It's that they have their own things. And so you have to be conscious and courteous of other people's time because what I found out that I was doing just to be honest with y'all is I was prioritizing my time over her. I was saying what I have and what's in my mind is more important than what you're working on. Even though I wasn't saying the words by my actions, I was showing that. And so that's one of the things you got to be careful with when you're going into any situation, especially working together. Yeah. And then just back the other way too, because, you know, he appears at my door and I'm, I'm deep in the details, right? Cause he's big picture. I'm detail. <laughs> so he appears at my door and he needs to talk about this and, like he's saying, he has some fault, but I have some fault right back, right? Because I'm like, yeah, 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 fine, go away. I'm already busy. <laughs> so I'm also then prioritizing my time. So that was a really hard thing for us to work through because he's prioritizing his time. I'm trying to do that same thing back. So it was really like a, is there a middle ground? Meaning, can he still come to my door? Yes, he can. Do I need him to cut off at like 10 minutes so that I can get back to what I need to do? <laughs> Probably. Probably so. You set a timer. Yeah, like a little. <laughs> it's up here. It's in my mind. <laughs> I love it. I love how y'all talked about. Not hey, only... Siri. <laughs> yes. Set a timer for 10 minutes. He's got to get out. <laughs> so I love how you talked about speaking strengths into each other. Like if you notice that the person you're working with, living with, doing life with is good at something, you're actually telling them because they might not, they might know it. Or like you said, they might be too close to it to where they don't see that as their strength. But when you speak it into them, they're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I can do that. Or I can take charge of this one area. And then I like how y'all talked about playing to each other's strengths. Like if you know that's Megan's strength or if you know that's Brandon's strength, y'all are going to work as a team to rise the whole time. Yes. So it sounds like you carry over a lot of the positives from your work relationship to the, your home and your uh, podcast and blog, but how do you keep like work conflict at work and home conflict, not bringing it to work? How do you, have you found a way to kind of compartmentalize that? Yeah, we struggled with this for a long time. We share a car. So because we're going to the same place all the time. So why, why would you take two cars in the same exact place? You wouldn't. So a lot of times that would mean, well, on our drive home, on our drive to work, everywhere we're going, we're just going to talk, 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 talk about work. And it's never going to end. Then we'd get home and guess what? We'd be walking in the door, still talking about work. Well, guess who doesn't want to hear about work? Our kids. Our kids don't want to hear about work. So eventually we were like, you know what? We can't do this. We can't still be talking about this at six o'clock. We still can't be talking about this at seven o'clock. So we need a hard time. So now we have a hard time for everything. We have a cutoff time for work. We have a cutoff time for blog and podcast stuff. Everything needs its time because otherwise we're never going to have a relationship outside of work. It's just all going to be that we're coworkers and we're teammates the whole time. And we're, when are we going to be a married couple? Mm -hmm. But it did take us years to figure that part out. So really you know, setting that boundary and sticking to it, even when it's hard, we can't always be on work. If we're always on work, then when are we going to talk about the issues in our lives that matter that, that are outside of work? So really setting those times and those boundaries 
and forcing yourself, staying accountable to them. So being specific with your cutoff times, how did y'all figure out the right time? What did you do? Did you say like 4 p.m., let's try it? Or how did that work? So like every every day what was happening, and Meg kind of touched on it, we come home and we just be a mess because we're talking about all the stresses of work, all the strategies of work, and then we're not prioritizing our time with our kids. And so what we found worked very quickly, and it, and it did take time and tweaks and different things, but like what we found is that if we keep the car ride home as our last ditch effort to say what we need to say, and I do want to preface this by saying that's not, it's not a perfect system. Like that's not always going to work. Clearly we're going to get after work calls. There's going to be issues that arise and you, and you just got to kind of go with the flow on those things. But what we did is what we used to do is we kind of tweaked it. We said, okay, well, when we get home, we're going to stop talking about it. We're going to spend time with the kids. When the kids go back to bed, we can talk about it more. And then like, but then there's no parameters. You can see how, when it's so loose, when it's so loosely based that like, it, it just doesn't work. So we had to keep tightening it and tightening it down to get to a place where, listen, there's iterations in this thing. There's iterations in everything in life. And we had to iterate and say, okay, we're going to try this and does it work? And we have the ability to change it and just decide that it's not working. And for us, that's our rule. Like it's the car ride home that we stop talking about work. And then once we get home, we don't talk about it again. until after our kids are asleep and after our kids are asleep, then we do have time to talk about it. And we talk about it until about 9.15 every night. And then we cut off and we are a married couple. And again, you're, you're, you, you know, you can compartmentalize it a little bit, but there's no perfect balance. Uh, I truly believe the work-life balance is a hope, but it's not necessarily like a strategy that you can follow. It's just, it's just going to be difficult no matter what season you are in life. And there's going to be times where you can't stick to it. But it's our firm belief that if you don't have a plan, it's just simply never going to happen. So if you're, if you're constantly focused on work and that's the goal and you forget about that, hey, we're a married couple piece, it's going to show cracks pretty quickly. That's really good advice. Do you have any other advice you would tell? Because earlier you guys mentioned, if I would have known this earlier, so what kind of things would you want to tell either your younger self or people in your state in the early stages right now of either working together or now that people can work from home, they're allowed to work at home. So what advice would you give them besides the boundary of leave work at work, home at home, that time frame? Yeah, first of all, I think if you're not in a place where you communicate effectively, that's your number one step. Before you start a business together, or even if you're just working at home together right now because of COVID, I think either way, if your communication just in general about your marriage isn't isn't there, that's where you need to start because it all starts with that. And when you don't know how to communicate, when you don't know how to con resolve conflicts, when you don't know any of those things or you're doing them and you're doing them super poorly, that's just going to be a recipe for disaster. That is going to put you on a fast track to demolishing your relationship, right? So I would tell my younger self, at least, that if, if we're going to do this together, then we really have to be very clear on how we're going to communicate, how we're going to do that conflict resolution piece and start from there. That's awesome. Um, in general, before we wrap it up, is there just anything that we haven't like set you up for, or you haven't had the opportunity to say um, that you found very beneficial in working together or um, advice that you'd have for um, people that are 
married and you know they might even just be working spouses that like just they might not even work together but as full-time working spouses are there any keys to your relationship that help that work-life balance to make y'all's relationship um, continue to grow and be intimate yeah the key the number one key and we try to say it all the time is just communication like you got to be willing to talk and you got to be willing to be vulnerable and it's really hard to say it's really hard to say as a man to be honest as the only man here it's very hard to say that like men you need to be more vulnerable but like I was to I was in a place where I wasn't vulnerable I just felt like men should have it all figured out and so like if I if if I had to live by that mantra of puffing my chest out and saying that I have it all figured out then I can't possibly be vulnerable with Megan and let her know that I see faults in our relationship or be like a support system to her because like I'm trying to be this perfect person that doesn't exist. And so like, that's what led us to a place like among a million different things of like working together or just if you're with your spouse at home right now, like if you're not communicating, there's problems. And if you're not communicating effectively, which is even more important, (laughs) there's going to be even bigger problems because you can sit there and have a lot of fights and conflict and a lot of ignoring the problem, which we did for so many years and almost led to the end of our relationship. And honestly, I don't know if we even said this, but like even at the end of our relationship, when we were talking about the chance of it ending, we were working together. We had just started working together. Mm -hmm. We were honestly, what, six months in, to working together for the first time ever. So like conflict, yeah, it's there. And if you don't know how to like really analyze and communicate and respect the other person and understand that like you're ultimately trying for the same goal, like, hey, maybe you're trying for the same goal in your business, but if you don't work together, I'd hope you're trying for the same goal of having a really great relationship. And the key foundation for all that is having good communication. Really, at the end of the day, you have to be gracious with each other because maybe this is your first time that you're ever working from home together and you're not going to be great at it when you start out. You're not going to know who's going to do what and how and when. So really just understanding that, yeah, it might be a mess. It might be a mess and you're going to have to be gracious and you're going to have to forgive the other person for whatever dumb thing they just said about, you know, my time needs to happen this and I have this Zoom call and you have that Zoom call and mine wins. Whatever bonehead thing you decide you're going to talk about and fight about, you just have to forgive it and move on. And you got to do it quickly because you can't start tomorrow having those same same dang arguments, right? You have to get through them and move on and still love each other at the end of the day. Exactly. Well, I was going to touch on, we wrapped up um, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown uh, not too long ago, and it's all about vulnerability. And it talks about how men are less vulnerable And that when they finally do open up that a lot of times the women in their life are like, ew, wait, no, you're supposed to, you know, have this strong masculinity role. And so it's like this toss up. We constantly want the men in our lives to let down that guard. But then when they do, we're kind of like not as supportive as we could be. But not too much. Right. (laughs) Some of your feelings, but not all of them. So Brandon, how has Megan supported you or Megan, what did you try to do when you noticed that he was opening up and being more vulnerable, whoever, or maybe if you both share your perspective on that topic, that would be neat to hear. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with that because that's the way, that's the way I lived. I mean, like, I just, I felt really guarded because I felt like I was supposed to know. And I felt like 
you know, you're just, you get married and everything's just going to work out or, you know, you're in a business together and it's just going to work out. I, I mean, stupidly, I believe that. I mean, I, I, but I'm not afraid to admit with vulnerability that I did believe that. And so it was very hard for me to open up and I put up a lot of shields to Megan, like this whole idea of like, she would notice that things were wrong or I would notice things are wrong with her. And then we'd ask the question like, Hey, how are you? Are you, are you doing all right? And it's like, yeah, I'm good. And then we didn't, we stopped there. We stopped there and we moved on, even though, you know, because you know, with your partner, y'all probably know with each other, you are not good. I know you're not good. And so one of the best things that Megan ever did, because I'm a very stubborn person. One of the things that she did is she kept asking. She kept asking because it's very easy to ask once, get offended that they didn't answer, or maybe they answered badly, or maybe you didn't give them the grace and they just responded poorly. And it just went the worst way it could go based on good intentions. The strong ability is to have the courage to ask again and again, because it's not something that might happen once. And even if they respond, it's not something that might open up to in one conversation. Like you need to be willing to open up the conversation and really allow them the floor to express their opinions and open up the environment where it's, it's, it's sharing. You're both allowing the ability to share yourself and share your vulnerability and, and be gracious to each other. Because like you, I just see too many people who say, well, I tried that with my partner and trust me, they just, you know, they pushed me away and everything else, but we all have these defense mechanisms built up and I used to live that way. And so now I know that like, now that I've tore down my walls, and Megan's done the same, we've, our relationships flourished because of it. Yeah. And I just add to that. I did a million things wrong. Right. But one thing I think I did right when he was trying to tell me his true self was that we timed it right. Like I didn't come to him in the middle of whatever task he was doing and say, Hey, I need you to unload on me. I need you to give me everything. We would have these conversations when the kids weren't around, when it was the end of the day, when there's actually time for us to talk about it more than just like, Hey, you doing okay. Yeah, not really, but we can't really do anything about that now. Or when those would happen, when, when we knew something was, was happening, but there wasn't an appropriate time, I would say something like, Hey, I really do want to hear what you have to say. It's really important to me that we talk about it right now, obviously can't work because the toddler is throwing a massive hysterical fit. Can we talk about this tonight at nine o'clock? You know, timing those things so that you can actually have the conversation is super important. So many good takeaways. I love it. So thank you guys for being on the Witty and Gritty podcast. Again, guys, this is Fools in Love podcast. Where can we find y'all? What do you guys offer? What all can you do for our people? Yeah, so we're... The easiest way to find us is we're at foolsinlovepodcast.com. And our favorite place to hang out is over on Instagram. We're at foolsinlovepodcast. But basically, one of our favorite things is being able to interact with people on the DM, just giving them, sharing with them, hearing their stories, helping out in any way we can. And, And our goal is always to get people on the starting line, to get people starting on the path to bettering themselves. Because I think you can talk to people a lot. You can listen to podcasts like y'all's or ours. You can read a lot of books. You can go to a conference. There's a lot of things you can do, but there's some power in taking that first step and then that next step and then that next step. And there's some ownership in that. And so we firmly believe that it's great to take in all those things, but what action are you going to take to move forward in that process? Because until you're willing to take action, 
it's impossible, literally impossible to grow. So if you're stuck in a place like we always were, you got to be willing to take action if you ever want things to change. Yeah, I'm, our podcast is Fools in Love Podcast. It's available wherever you listen to yours. But amen, brother. Was, <laughs> I don't know if I have much to add. That's well, perfect. That speaks to our community. We're all about growing and taking those actionable steps and, you know, having that community to hold you accountable. So thanks again, guys, for joining for having us. us. Absolutely. Thanks to you guys, too. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog, where you can subscribe to our newsletter, check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We have a Facebook group out there just for you, for discussion, support, and community. If you have any questions, reach out. We'll be right there.